welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as we continue our celebration of women for Women's History Month, on this stop, we will discuss the iconic film. Is it fair to say this film is iconic? Mm -hmm. What's Love Got to Do With It from 1993 based on the life of Tina Turner, starring Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne? But before we get to that, we have feedback. All right. Each and every one of you who takes the time to like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as in our Facebook group. Um, me show mission a lot of people responded vince i don't know uh if you saw this a lot of people responded to our photo shoot yes thank you they liked our photo shoot yeah man. thank you that was pretty dope. appreciate it was pretty dope people you know they they, they they like pictures of us you know and 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 they nobody came at you for not smiling vince yes well well thank you for that as you, you are not wont to do uh, Andrew Noel Myrie left us a, a note saying that he is enjoying the show. Thank you, Andrew. We Thank appreciate you, Andrew. We appreciate you checking it out. I asked a question on out to the social media if there was a um, a biopic, since we're doing what's love got to do with it. Right. Is there a biopic of an R&B singer that people are itching to see? Okay. Andrew actually said, it's not a 90s singer, but I was just asking my girlfriend if a Prince biopic would be possible. Oh my goodness gracious. See, here's the thing about a Prince biopic. Anything that is done is going to be compared to Purple Rain, right. which is not a biopic of right. a sort, but he kind of like... Yeah, it's 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 how he came up. Yeah, you know it goes it goes and to a degree it kind of like shows how his rise of fame. It's it's fictionalized, but it's a lot of truth there as well. And can you do Prince in two or even three hours? Well, I think you could do them in two hours. <sighs> I mean, you'd be selective about the music that you play. Oh. I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to his story. But when I think of okay, let's think about Prince's story. Okay. The controversy is his relationship with his father, right? I mean, that's not the only controversy. No, but I'm just saying. I'm okay, saying, I'm all saying right, the okay. story beats of, of Prince's life. Right. So it's the relationship with his father, him coming up in the Minneapolis music scene. Right. Um, of course, you've got to go to like his his breakthrough. Right. You know, him breaking, him becoming a big star. If you're doing his story his life story then you've got to go to purple rain and maybe you touch on loosely mm. the see i'm already i'm already like like you're gonna you're gonna leapfrog right to purple rain from from his music upbringing i mm. mean you you show you show his upbringing through minneapolis you show him you know making a splash making it out there right and then I think the next place is Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. I feel like his early negotiations with the record label and saying, I want, 
I mean, no, no, no. You you could show the negotiation, but I don't think that really plays out until after Purple Rain and you get into the argument with Warner Brothers. And even that's much later, though. Yeah, but but really, how much in between the in between there is him just being a rock star? Oh my god! Okay, I mean, you, right. maybe you maybe he gets married once or twice, right? You know, you show him with vanity, you show him with um, you Apollonia. know, Apollonia. You know, you you show him on stage and you and you see him like high five. She, well, maybe the Sheena Easton. I don't know. I mean, that was a girlfriend. Does right. Sheena Easton really need to get the mentioned? woman from the Bangles? I don't think she really needs to get right. mentioned. Right. Um, and then you get into the argument with with Warner Brothers, right, the right. whole changing of the name, right? Uh. And then I think if if it's me, the movie ends at the Super Bowl. Mm. I like a Prince miniseries. I don't. I, I don't think Prince. I don't think Prince warrants a miniseries. I think you could do a miniseries. Are you saying like I a think, new edition miniseries? Two nights? Or are you saying Roots? I mean, two a nights, week of Prince. Two two three nights. <sighs> You could do okay, two, maybe two. You nights. could do two hours, and in the first two hours with him getting signed. No, the, that whole not unless you know the scene. whole dude. The, the scene is the scene, but I don't know if there's really the story oh, there. Oh, oh, the Andre Simone. Oh, I disagree completely. I don't know, man. You could do two. Full hours of him coming up in that scene and that whole Minneapolis deal. And then, you know, his dad and like all that. Yes, I agree. So for two solid hours, I I think you could do Prince and then end it with like for you coming out and then two more hours and then end with like uh you know purple rain oh no 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 that's no 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 see you're too much you're you're too close to it it, it doesn't need to no, no, be no. that long a i want to see that but b i think it's really interesting yeah like I, he's had this amazingly interesting life and career he has but i don't because the mtv stuff is before Purple Rain, like him dealing with MTV and then in radio and uh, all right, but that's go a ahead. scene, man. That's a scene. It's not any more than that, unless you're going to get into like the problem with if the- Richie Valens can get two hours, and that's a good mood. Like, like I think that's a good. You know, speak, we're speaking to Eastside Morales because he's on time. Like Richie <laughs> Valens got a two-hour movie, and that's a good movie. Okay. Yeah, Prince can get six hours. Yeah, okay, but here's the other problem with the Prince story. To me, how much access are you going to have to the real? Oh well, I'm. A, I mean, this is a this. Uh, 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 we probably should have started here. This is never going to happen. <laughs> I thought we were just talking. <laughs> we are. I thought this kind of. I'm sorry. This is speculative fiction. I thought it went without saying that we have clearly entered Jimi Hendrix territory. <laughs> oh my God. This is never going to happen. <laughs> ever, ever, ever going to happen. But if somehow it does happen, that's what we're talking about. Nice. Like, I understand that that I just want to see all the minutiae. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it it it's such a fascinating story. It, don't, you know, let's just keep going because you about like this is actually one of my triggers. Because 
<laughs> you and your triggers. No, no, no. Because I think Prince, it's like Prince, Michael Jackson, Madonna. Who else would I throw in this mix? Like, like I'm thinking of the icons who were at ground zero of the MTV moment. Oh, okay. And who were, who... And by ground zero, like they had, like, like I think there were people that MTV created. Mm-hmm. And then there were people who kind of had the musical chops there. Whether we're talking about, you know, Madonna coming out of that scene, Michael Jackson, obviously, with, with his background, or Prince, you know, by the time they start playing some of them 1999 singles. Mm-hmm. Like 1999 is like what it's like for you, Prince, controversy. Like he's had like three albums by the time he gets to 1999, and we ain't got to Purple Rain yet. Like I'm saying, he had a whole fascinating story before you even get to Purple Rain. Yeah, like I legitimately hear you. fascinating. Not just you know, oh, I want to you know, music nerdy. Like it's just. You know, just really, really interesting. And then the thing about him and Michael Jackson, and we really do have to move on because you see, you, yes, that intersection of race with MTV is an amazing story Mm. that, frankly, has not really been told. And I think we're just getting to the point where where we're people are ready to tell it. And I think Prince is right there. But but go ahead. All right. But just we love a Prince movie. Like I said, I, I, I look, look. <laughs> I see. I see. I'm about to tell you to order some wings, and we're gonna sit here <laughs> and we're gonna talk about the Prince movie. But go ahead. We about to talk about Prince. Yes. I see. Okay. Okay, Vince. All right. I'm, I'm not mad at you, too. I mean, I'm not mad at you at all. Um. What else did we have happening here? Hey, you know, remember back in February? Okay. Uh, and actually, this was February of 2018. Uh-oh. When we did a live Michaud Mission review on Facebook. I on do. Black Panther. I do remember that. Well, it appears that Alan Anthony. Hey, Alan. Uh, actually, just watched that video. Oh. As well as so did Carrie Fonville. Hey, Carrie. And Carrie Fonville said, I just listened to this on podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed your breakdown of Black Panther and will be Thank going you. to see it a fourth time. I know that's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alan Anthony said, uh, at 13 minutes and 40 seconds, there just went Vince's prophecy powers activated because Ruth Carter got the Oscar. There you go. And we'll be talking about Ruth Carter tonight. And he mentions that, man, I love the ability you both have to artfully and expertly express yourselves. You take this game to another level. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah. That's very nice of you. It's always nice to be appreciated for the stuff. Always. Okay. Let's see what people have been um, talking about in our Facebook group. Okay. There's a bunch of stuff in here that um, really we should have covered on Spock adjacent. Uh, I guess I just wasn't looking at that point. Um, uh, speaking of Spock and Jason, I will I will look at one thing though. However, uh, that um, Sonika Martin Green is on Essence Magazine's cover. Yes, she is. 
Thank you. Anyway, continuing yes, on. She is. That's that's uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's enough to say. Uh, let's see here. About our review of Black Girl from last week. Black Girl. Actually, that's the Lenny Kravitz song I'm singing. That's not the um the, the soundtrack. <laughs> no. Yeah. Azor uh, Risbrook. Hey, what's up, Azor? Says I remember really enjoying this movie when I first saw it. So rare to find a movie of that era or any era concerned with the day-to-day lives of black girls and women. Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and as we talked about, that was, and the playwright just slipped my mind, but she said that. J.E. Franklin. Yeah, J.E. Franklin very much said that was her purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciate that. You you uh, bigged up your boy, uh, Ise Morales, who will be joining yes, the sir. DC Universe. Yes, sir. As Deathstroke. Richie. Yes, sir. Isa Morales makes everything better. I guess you're you're happy about this. Though. I am happy about that. <laughs> you know, I've not really watched the team, the Titans. I hear it's very, you know, I hear it's good, but I just haven't watched it yet. But boy, now Isa Morales is in there. I'm so now you've got all the reasons. Now I'm just gonna try and catch up. I do like Isa Morales. I I like him a great deal. So. Uh, um, I, I'm looking forward to his interpretation of Deathstroke. I like them making Deathstroke a little ethnic. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm all, all aboard for that. Um, good, good on them. Let's see what else did people put in here. Um, it appears that I believe today or yesterday was uh, Vanessa Williams' birthday. Happy birthday, Vanessa L. Williams. Yes, congratulations, and. Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield have yeah. added a new film project to their busy-to-do list. They will star in The Photograph, directed by Stella McKee and produced by Will Packer. This movie is being set up at Universal and is described as a romantic drama that will center on intertwining love stories in the past and present. I am, you know, I have not seen a choice that Issa Rae or Lakeith Stanfield have made that I haven't respected. Mm. Like Lakeith Stanfield was in that Death Note adaptation that was on Netflix, and it wasn't that good. I heard it wasn't good, but I heard he was the best thing. And I like I liked his instincts. Like I like the fact that he took that role. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward. To, I'm not the like Will Packer is a name that oftentimes gives gives me pause. When he's attached to Why things. do I know that name? I mean, he's he makes those sort of middle-of-the-road black movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, you know, it's like if Terrence J is in it. Oh. Will Packer oftentimes is involved. And, you know, not bad. <laughs> you and Terrence J. Just Terrence sort J is of, always the first name. I mean, because, I mean, that's, you know, you know, just those sort of middle-of-the-road-y kind of. <laughs> You know, like Essence Atkins might be in it, like one of them movies. Let's see, he's produced, but he's producing it. So he, he's, I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he, what he has put his uh, finger to. Now, you're coming at the dude, but I'm looking here. He was a producer on uh, Takers. If three can play the game, yeah, yeah, uh huh. All right, um, <laughs> Ride Along. Uh huh. Yeah. About last night. Uh huh. 
Uh, think like a man too. Uh, yeah, right. I was about to say he's like think like a man. Uh huh. <laughs> he was executive. I actually, pro- really like about last night though. He's executive producer on uh, Straight Outta Compton. Mm, okay, he's a producer on Girls Trip. He's also a producer on What Men Want. Yeah. So, <laughs> like I said, he gives me pause. <laughs> and let's be clear, Girls Trip was a million times better than it should have been. Fair enough. True. Point. And he's also, um, he obviously uh, likes working with Issa Rae because he is a producer on, on Little. On Little, yeah, which, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm putting my $10 on Little. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, Little's going to be the, that's the hit. Uh, Romero Manuel. Hey, what's up, Romero? Had a Twitter note for you, Vince. Okay. Hey, Vince. Yes, Romero. For your information. Uh-oh. One of Anika Noni Roses. Mm. Lord, have mercy. Favorite singers. Oh, Lord. Is it is Lattice. <laughs> well, a true sign <laughs> of a connection between people mm-hmm. is that when it's strong enough. Ah. That you can disagree about things. Ah, there you go. There you go. My wife loves shrimp. Mm-hmm. I'm ambivalent about shrimp. Who's ambivalent about shrimp? This guy. Really? I really am. But shrimp is so... Shrimp is like chicken. It can be cooked in so many delicious ways. That's all right. I'm not, uh, I'm not a big shrimp guy. But you like shrimp. Again, you won't turn down shrimp. I have. Is there something else being offered? Like, I want to know what else is being offered. Like, what's my options? That's why I said I'm ambivalent. Really? Like, what's what's what else is being offered? Uh, Shrimp. (laughs) I mean, if shrimp is what's being offered, fried shrimp or shrimp scampi. Yes, that's what's being offered. I mean. You're going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I guess I'll eat the scampi, but like you just offered me shrimp twice. <laughs> wow. I, I I don't know many people. unless I know. Unless you can't eat seafood, right. I don't know too many people that don't I, like look, shrimp. Look I, look, I didn't say I don't like shrimp. I said I'm ambivalent about shrimp. Okay, see, but Again, the, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is... Is, is is ambivalence ambivalence or, you know so are you also equally ambivalent about lettuce because you didn't sound ambivalent about lettuce <laughs> two shows ago that was not ambivalent right, right. that was coming from <laughs> right right the lettuce is about to be my last dragon lettuce <laughs> yes yes, yes. Okay. you don't sound ambivalent about uh, it you know <laughs> <laughs> like would i listen to lettuce if like the option was silence well, it depends on what lettuce song it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not going to let you do this to yourself, Vince. <laughs> In the name of all that is holy and... You it- know a lettuce song I like? The remake of the Aretha Franklin song, One Step, which was an unreleased Aretha Franklin song, but the only reason you know it is because that's what they sampled from Miss Fat Booty. Oh, okay. The most deaf song. Right. And she remade it, but it was like informed mm-hmm. by that. So it's got like that 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 beat underneath it. Right. And it's nice. 
And that's my lettucey joint right there. I oh, know I can't afford to stop all this one. I did you want. But then I start thinking about most death. And that gets you through the rest yeah. of the song. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. Well, we're going to move away from there. But if Anika Noni Rose likes Lettucey, I could probably be persuaded persuaded to listen to Lettucey. Oh, I swear to God. I hope I am able to get her on the show. <laughs> I hope I, I just want to get her on the show just to watch your face. She's just so talented. She's a very talented. She can do everything. She sings, she's acts, she's funny. She's, she's gifted. She's a talent. She is. She should have been in What's Love Got to Do With It. I don't think she was old enough. I'm just saying, the way they was collecting people in What's Love, like Sneaker Martin Green should have been in What's Love Got to Do Like I know you're going to get to What's Love Got to Do With It was just a cavalcade of blockbusters. It's like, dag. <laughs> So, all right. So I guess that's all. pretty much all the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you. We thank all of you. Absolutely. That writes us, that uh, keeps us informed on things. Let's get into what's love got to do with it. Let's get into what's love got to do with it. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. and blues shouting. Mm-hmm. All she ever had was her voice and her dreams. Your mama had to go away for a while. When is she coming back to get me? She ain't, honey. She just ain't. All she ever wanted was a chance to make her dreams come true. Every woman in here want to sing with Ike's band. Oh, please don't leave me, baby. That girl can sing. Girl, you shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> they want me to be his new singer. Watch yourself. You know what they say about Ike. Yes, Tina. I think it's gonna work out fine. It's gonna work out fine. Priceless, girl. Priceless. She priceless, all right. She ain't seen a dime of it yet. Everyone who's come up with me has left me. I wouldn't do that. Now, what the problem is? I'm trying to help Ike, all right? You trying to help Ike? You got yourself a good man. You just keep him happy. One, two, three, four. She had given him everything he wanted. You get in this car, Devin. Get in this car. You can't keep hiding black eyes from us. I just can't walk out. She never stopped believing things would change. I just need a rest. She's quite ill. And I'm not releasing her for at least another three weeks. Oh, no, 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 no. I need you to get out on that stage right now. You a dead woman if you stay. You can't get away from me, and I'm in here. But if she ever wanted to find her dreams... When you can see yourself clearly, your life will change. She had to start believing in herself. I made you. You want nothing without me, and you ain't gonna be nothing without me. I'll give it all up. Just release the claim on my name. Means you're gonna walk out of here with absolutely nothing. Except my name. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a remarkable woman who refused to give up. I'm ready. I'm 
ready and I know what I want. What's Love Got to Do with It, a 1993 drama based on the life of the legendary soul singer Tina Turner. Born Anna Mae Bullock discovers her love of singing in her Tennessee church choir. She moves to St. Louis to pursue a career, and there she meets the charismatic Ike Turner, who rechristens her Tina and offers to help her succeed. As a music team, Ike and Tina take the charts by storm, but as his physical abuse worsens, Tina has to make the tough decision to leave Ike and set out on her own. 1993's What's Love Got to Do With It, directed by Brian Gibson, starring Angela Bassett as Tina Turner and Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner, with a fair number of supporting actors throughout, including Vanessa Bell Calloway, Chi McBride, Phyllis Stickney, Jennifer Lewis, was the choice of Lynn Webb on this stop. What say you, Lynn, of what's love got to do with it? First of all, uh, I'm going to make a declarative statement right now at the top of my review. And it came to me about halfway through watching this film over again today. I love this movie. Mm. This is like easily one of my favorite biopics mm -hmm. ever. And the reason is there is not a dull moment in this movie. This movie moves at a, a good pace. Uh, it's clear-cut storytelling. It doesn't try to be too fancy to get ahead of itself or to throw in a whole lot of histrionics or crazy... You know, the director's not showing off in any type of way. He's just steadfastly telling the story. But it's not... Tina Turner, the cliff notes, there is enough because of the the talent of the actors as well as the script that there is um, uh, uh, th there is a story here, not just, you know, by the beats. OK, now Tina did this. Now Tina did that. And Ike did this and Ike did that. There is a real motivation behind each and every one of the characters uh, starting off with Tina Turner as a young girl, young girl singing in church. I don't know. I've never heard of kicking a little girl out of the church <laughs> because she just sings too much. This is a tough church. I mean, Lord, maybe it's make her sit in the back if she's overpowering what is obviously a weak choir, but the actually kick her out. No, no Lord for you today. <laughs> just throw her out of the church. Seems a little harsh. You too loud for Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Go talk to God on your own. Um, it seems kind of harsh, but for her to then come home and basically seeing her family move away from her, yeah, leave her, I thought was like real, like, and I thought I liked the the way that it was done because it was shown from her point of view, mm -hmm. you know, from afar, and her being having to take that all in and and process that. I really liked it. I actually could have stayed 
with, uh, you know, anime mm-hmm. at that age. Right, right. Uh, a little longer. Maybe even seeing her like maybe a little uh, uh, um, like toddler age or maybe like a grown up a little bit more, you know, as she goes off to live with, I believe, her grandmother, or her aunt. I'm not exactly sure. Right, right. I think it was her uh, grandmother. Right. Um, but so I no actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With her grandmother. Um, so I actually could have stayed there a little bit more. But, you know, we cut to her and it's because, you know, they've got a finite amount of time. So you cut to her as a teenager coming back to reunite with her mother and her sister uh, as a teenager. And now she's Angela Bassett, who, you know, besides, you know, her Olympic arms. Yes. Does a fair job playing a teenager. Right. You right, know, with right. The, all the giddiness in her eyes. You right. know, this is not Diana Ross. This is an actress. Oh, I was about to say. This, this, this is not act, really fair. An act, well, I mean, she is, it's Angela Bassett. Okay. Okay. But Angela Bassett was not 19 when she did this. Okay. But she pulls it off. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Um, So I, I just, I just really enjoyed, I, I, I enjoy, so when it, when it gets there, I'm like I'm, you know, all right, all right. That that was a little rush for me, but other than that, I'm there for the ride. Angela Bassett carries you through this film until you. She's joined by Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. as Ike Turner, and then the two of them just pop mm-hmm. off the screen. You cannot take your eyes off of either one of them in this movie, which is it's telling that both of them were nominated for for Oscars um, because. And in lead roles because they both own this movie. Lawrence, Fish, Lawrence Fishburne owns this role of Ike Turner with all of the charm that Ike must have exuded mm-hmm. as well as the menace. Um, but uh, this story does give you a little bit of motivation for Ike. Yes. For how why he feels the way that is. He does this fear he has of people leaving his life, much like his father did when he was a young kid Um, and then leading to. And this is a story that you've heard as old as time in rock and roll. You know, the the black man behind the scenes building up these stars and then them leaving going somewhere. And that's what uh, has happened to Lawrence Fishburne at at Ike Turner throughout his career. And he and and unfortunately, he internalizes all of that and takes it out on, you know, Tina Turner or anime. Right. Uh, but all of that is in the movie and it doesn't hit you over the head with it. But enough of it is there so that you 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 process it. And it's always in the back of your back of your mind. Does it make crazy a, a whole lot of sense that, you know, she takes the the abuse that she does it doesn't until you get into the mindset that these are two people who have both struggled with people leaving their lives right and not wanting to and neither one of them wanting to uh do that to the other really um she and you know puts up with some stuff he exacts out vengeance in, in in a way but there is still, weirdly, there is affection 
for oh, one absolutely. another there. You know, there is there are the scenes where, you know, he is a charming guy that sweeps her off her feet. There are the scenes where she comes and picks him up off the studio floor, you right. know, to, to, to put him in bed. Um, there, there is all of that. And it's a very complicated relationship that they have. It does some of it lead, it lend itself to melodrama. Sure. But I think the acting pulls away from that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and where it could have gotten little maudlin or gone over the top, they keep it a little, their acting keeps it a little bit more grounded. So it doesn't get away from them. And that's all to the betterment of the film. Like I say, Brian Gibson's direction, he's not changed. He's not changing the world of directing, but he, neither is he getting in the way. Right. He's, he's setting you up, got interesting staging going on there and then letting you go. You know, there's a smart move of the, of the film to kind of take all of the people that were, in the band, as from the from the Ikets, the, the group singer, the background singers, to his road dogs and and the people in the band, and kind of amalgamating them all into the two characters of Jackie mm-hmm. as kind of like the lead Iket who would be be Tina Turner's friend, right? And Frost, played by Vanessa played Bell, by Vanessa Bell, Bell Calloway. Calloway, and Frost, played by Chi McBride, yeah, who basically is you know. Ike Turner's right hand man. Right. And they become kind of like to a degree their con- the conscience of Tina Turner and Ike and Ike Turner. Right. To a degree. Um but I think that was smart because to have too many voices there would have just confused things and, and muddled up what you had. Right. So it gave you just, you know, a lean group of characters to follow right you know while still giving you enough still having enough room to for for excuse me for tina turner's family her mother and her sister right to be felt in the movie as well absolutely for the for the short time that they're there their presence is felt Mm -hmm. you know and also a little bit of their motivations right no you you feel her mother you know um why she too is a little bit charmed by ike you know because of what she's kind of going through um the sister not so much um there was something about the something about her sister's role in here that kind of like confused me a little bit, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but overall, it, this is just like just a really strong movie, strong performances by Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fishburne, equally strong performances by Vanessa Bell Calloway. Um, Chi McBride, you know, he's always like a steady hand. Yeah. He's not doing any heavy yeah. lifting in this movie, but he, but he's rock, he, he's rock on. Jennifer Lewis, Jennifer Lewis is always just, just icing on the cake in anything that she does. Right. Um, and her story in regards to the backstory of this movie is very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and once you know it, 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 it can change some things for you. Uh, Phyllis Stickney. Yes, Lord. A standout again, you know, like why 
Did this woman not become a huge star? I, look, I man, do not understand. Look, look. I do not understand. Look. Somewhere out there, there's a script for Phyllis Dickney and, and, and Tisha Campbell that they just need to run away with. Look. Um the world's biggest Philistine fan right here. Man, oh man. Uh there is there is absolutely for me nothing not to like about this film. And right now I'm just going on about the film. I'm not even touching on how this film makes you appreciate mm-hmm. the story the talent, the fortitude, and the um, the career of the actual Tina Turner, right? And what she made of herself, right? In her forties, forty four, to have the come around, yeah, and to become a bigger star, absolutely, than she was before, yeah, absolutely, speaks enormous. Of that woman's talent and 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 magnetism, and yeah. all of that, even that at the end when she like just radiates for those few minutes on the screen at the yeah. end, you're like, wow, you is just one bad ass woman, and you're and and you actually share the joy, yes, in that she has gotten to this place, mm-hmm. you know, I um. <clears throat> I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I, I will. Say, I will say this. This is a film that I don't think I have watched. Like I mentioned, my wife doesn't really do it, so I haven't. Like I don't know if I've watched this movie in over a decade. It's a much more subtle film than I remember. Mm-hmm. It's a much more subtle film. You you know, sort of speaking to a couple of things that you point out. I give. Brian Gibson and the scriptwriter so much credit, right? That would be uh, Kate Kate Lanier. Yeah, for 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 resisting the instinct to basically turn this into a two person film about Ike Turner's abuse of Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. I think it is much more sympathetic to Ike Turner than I remembered. Okay. You know, I think when we talk about Ike and Tina Turner, you know, obviously we focus on the abuse. We should focus on the abuse. But I agree with you. Like, I really was surprised by the the subtle ways that this film spoke to the frustrations that Ike Turner felt, the, 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 the sort of... Um, the challenges that he faced mm-hmm. as as this black man, and and you know, as somebody who's a music fan and knows a, a little bit about Ike Turner's story, I had forgotten that so much of it was incorporated into In this, this script. Right. I think Jennifer Lewis is fantastic as Tina Turner's mother, and and I think that the little bit of the relate you're talking about, you could have seen more of Anna May. I could have watched more of the dynamic between Tina Turner, her sister, Aline, their mother, Zelma, and the daughter that was left 
and the daughter that was taken. Yeah, yeah. In two or three very quick scenes, these three actresses, Phyllis Dickney, Angela Bassett, Jennifer Lewis, and this wonderful script lay out all of this wonderful, complicated emotion that they have. And, you know, while I will say that Phyllis Dickney's character doesn't have as much interaction with Tina Turner Mm -hmm. to establish their relationship, I thought that they did a great job showing this unorthodox mother-daughter relationship between Jennifer Lewis and Phyllis Dickney's character. Angela Bassett as Tina Turner. You know, I think there is a fine line between mimicry and showing your prowess as an actor. Mm -hmm. And when you have these people who portray folks that that we are we are you you know sort of aware of mm-hmm. there are not many performances that i think transcend and it they're acting and it's not just mimicry obviously denzel washington and malcolm x always comes up i think uh, you, we we mentioned it a, a few like a month or so ago when we were talking about jeffrey wright oh yeah as as dr martin luther king I think Angela Bassett does an amazing job capturing this Tina Turner ness, mm-hmm. if you will. Like there is this sort of gravel in in the way she moves, and and, and is 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 that kind of uh, Tina Turner role that she kind of has. Mm-hmm. That it's 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 sensual, but it's also really tough. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a shrinking violet of a woman. And and Angela Bass is in Lawrence Fishburne, just like you said, I, I think you completely understand how Ike Turner pulls you in. Yep. I think the nature of the abuse, they could have spent more time on the psychological part of it. Yeah, fair, fair. But having said that, again, they spent more time than I remembered. Mm-hmm. So that you, you know, much like you, I, 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 you know, this is a fantastic film, and more importantly, I think it ages really well. Yeah, you, you it know, does. I, You're I, right. You know, I think there are films from this era. You know, we we talked about. Um, well, we 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 will talk about you know, like the color purple and. And, and you, you know, all jokes aside, you know, Driving Miss Daisy or, or you know, there are films from that kind of early 90s, late 80s moment mm-hmm. that they don't really transcend time as film. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we watch them now, they're classics, but to watch them cold, mm-hmm. I don't know how many of them, you, you know, you know I, I hate to come back to this word again, but just have this level of subtlety. Mm-hmm. And this does, and and you know again, I'm I was I was surprised. Yeah, I, I was surprised, which which you know is a testament to everyone involved in it. You know, this is a great movie. There's another thing that this film smartly does. Um, it's a time capsule. It definitely puts you in the time. 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, when you when you f- read about the film, they, for the most part, get things correct as far as as far as accuracy, accuracy. But some of the years are off a little bit, yeah. You yeah. know because you know you you're moving some things around just for story's sake. But sure. For the most part, things are spot on, but it it. It takes you and it does put you in that time. You feel like you're in the 60s. Right. right? You feel like you're in the early 70s. Which part of it, you know, just to interject real quick, is the costumes. Yes. Shout out to Ruth Carter. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Um, but another thing, to, but that notwithstanding, I think, especially since this film, films that have tried to replicate this, the feel Mm-hmm. of this movie one of the things that they do in trying to put you in that place is they try to you know uh cast people in in uh the roles of celebrities of the day right so you know, if you're doing, let's say, the temptation story, then you maybe have Diana Ross walk in. Right, right. Or all of a sudden you see the OJs leave the stage and then the temptations come right, on. You know, right, think, right, things right. like that. This Logan movie Robbins is like eating a waffle. Right, right. This movie doesn't do that. Right. Outside of seeing Otis Redding and Martha Vandellas on the placard, right. you don't see anyone else. Right. I mean Phil Spector. Well, I mean, you see Phil Spector, yeah. and but and you can't, you can't, you have to see Phil Spector because of his role in their career. Exactly. So you have to see him, but the, you there's, they don't use, you know, like oh my God, there's Johnny Carson, right, right, as a right. way of like, you know, yeah. like we're back situating in that it. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I and I like that, and I think that films since that, since this time, fall into that trap, and it's nice to see that you, know, it, it's a trap that they didn't get from this movie. Right. This movie is it's all about the costuming. It's all about the stage direction. It's all about the the you know, the talent of Ruth Carter right. being on on screen. Well, I think a lot of it is also again back to this is a surprisingly sympathetic film towards Ike Turner. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that the Ike and Tina Turner review weren't in the same places as a lot of of these people. I mean, you know, let's you know, let's be very clear. Ike Turner was a monster. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Brand new conversation. Ike Turner never got his due as a as, as a, a musician, musician. As an, I mean, I mean, look, he invented rock and roll. Like Ike Turner invented rock and roll. Full stop. Look up Rocket 88. Like, this is not... And so for Ike Turner, who is watching these people transcend and go by him, Mm -hmm. I think part of that is that, you know, you can't have him sharing a space with, you know, I don't... You know, by the time you get to the 70s, you you know, uh, Led Zeppelin or, 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 you know, Stevie Wonder, because he wasn't on the stage with them. Yeah. And I think, and I'm going to say they did it deliberately because, again, I think this is a very smart script and this is a director who made very smart choices. It isolates him mm-hmm. so that he, these are not his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. These are not who he rolls with. Like it's Ike and he's created this kind of world around him 
And then he takes out his frustrations by physically and mentally abusing his wife. Right. So I think that's also part of why you don't see him hobnobbing mm-hmm. with Johnny Carson. Yeah. Because, well, he didn't. True. True that. True that. Um, I mean, <laughs> Tina Turner herself, mm-hmm. the, 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 the talent that she is, is really, really just a, a, a transcendent person. She is. In music history. She is. And I think that this film gives you a really good idea of why. Because she, I mean, and maybe, I don't think this is heresy to say, but some people might say it is. I think the 60s into the 70s, there may not be a more... um, transformational artists black artists than Aretha Franklin and Tina Turner and Aretha Franklin basically kept building Mm -hmm. off of what came before right like even Aretha's 80s work obviously is different than, than the classic Atlantic period stuff but it builds on that foundation. But, but but like you said, Tina Turner actually separated herself from this material that made her career and began something brand new. Brand new, brand which is is it, it is amazingly admirable. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about how she did it, and and like you said, I would venture to say that. You, she almost has two distinct fan bases. She does. You know? She very much does. So very much does. For her to pull that off as a black woman, as a black woman who, you know, f- as far as industry standards, was old, mm-hmm. is is remarkable. Yeah. Is nothing short of remarkable. Yeah, who gets a second career at 44 and and rocks it for at least another 20 years. And not for nothing. We were just talking before we started. Smack dab in the midst of the MTV era. That's true. Yeah, right. Like right. When it's all about the, the, right. the image and youth. and Like we've mentioned before, MTV decimated soul music. Yep. Because you had all of these artists in their 30s mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. couldn't adapt. Mm-hmm. And here you have a woman, 44 years old, starts a brand new career with brand new material in a brand new genre, basically, Mm -hmm. 44 years old, and she becomes Tina Turner. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And and not talked about enough for me. Okay. I mean, I just just feel that, you know... um, well, I mean, she's certainly a woman that has gotten her accolades. She's right, she, and, and and she's also a woman who, for not for nothing, and for her own reasons, um, you know, butters her bread over in Europe. I, was, I get the sense that that Tina Turner has been way more sort of um, concerned with her own piece. Yeah, and and that doesn't necessarily include 
chase not not chasing but but you know making sure you get the accolades as an iconic figure in this mm-hmm. that, and the other right that you know some of her contemporaries are like you know she has her husband you know she's in europe she's in like switzerland yeah because i think she renounced her u.s citizenship Oh, did she? I wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure, that sure part. she renounced her. So you know, living our life and in peace, and 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 she's absolutely earned it. And and if you don't think she's earned it, just watch this movie. Right, right, man. Oh man, she. If you know, there's been talk from both of them, Ike and Tina, actually, right, that the movie they felt because the movie is based on her book. Yes. Um, and they and. Uh, I Tina that she wrote with I didn't know that she wrote that with Kurt Loder from yes. from the speaking of MTV you know noted MTV reporter and both her and Ike have talked about how they thought the the movie you know maybe stretched some things took the some liberties that they wouldn't have necessarily taken right everyone agrees that that amazingly graphic rape scene was fictionalized yes it was fictionalized but it was based on on, on writing and and on the sexual assault that she alludes to and, in her and, book and and sort of dealt with the entire time. Like she talked about in in writings fairly recently, right? Because she wrote another book, right? Another. That that he took her to some type of graphic sex show mm-hmm. when they were in Tijuana and got married, mm-hmm. and there was sexual assault on their wedding night. Right. So, you know, while that particular instance was fictionalized, as you said, it's not because there weren't lots and lots of other instances. Right. Yeah. Right. So so they, they said that they there were liberties taken. I mean, and not liberties on the violence. Right. And the violence is really hard. to. There, there is a scene um, when Ike, you know, is like stalking her literally and she falls over the couch. Yeah. And then you see you don't see her, but you see him, you know, throwing his fist in her into her two times. That is a scene that is very hard to take. You know how graphic the violence is in this film? Because this is the other thing that I notice. It's a two hour film. There is no on screen violence for half of the film. Yeah. The first time you see him hit her. One full hour has passed, mm-hmm. and then there are only, th- and, and you know, it feels it, it feels dirty even using the word only, but there are only three scenes of violence. There's three? that first scene. Is that the scene that I talked? About? No, that's not. the scene you're. T- I think yeah, when he drags her into the bedroom. Okay. There's you, there's that really graphic rape scene. Okay, which and is then, in the studio. And then there's the scene that starts in the limo. No, there's not. There's vi- there's violence in the diner. No, no, no. He hits, when he hits, I'm sorry, violence between he and Tina. Okay. He hits Vanessa Bell Calloway in right. the diner. And, and Vanessa Bell Calloway. No, it takes once. Oh, yeah. You only get to hit me once. Yes. And then she leaves. I'm talking about the violence between, between him and, and Tina. Tina. And when you think about how we think about this film, mm. You really do think it comes on and it's just two hours. Right. Like you think it's, you know, precious yes. or something. But it's but because those scenes are so graphic mm-hmm. and they're shot so well. Mm-hmm. Again, it feels weird talking about the craft of these scenes 
but but the, I mean, they're really well done scenes. Yeah. So that they do evoke these emotions, and 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 they're a lot. But that that kind of threw me. Like I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and then like a whole hour had passed. Yeah. But you still get the sense that that min like Lawrence Fishburne is so one. There's this wonderful scene where you know as, as you may have you know Lawrence. Ike Turner is always super jealous of Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. And, and the attention she gets. And there's this scene where a reporter is interviewing them. Mm-hmm. But Tina is talking. And you can tell that the reporter is more interested in speaking to Tina Turner. And Ike's just sitting next to her. And what you silent with sunglasses on. And what you miss, what you what you miss if you haven't seen the film, is that the reporter is talking to them. You don't see the reporter. Right. Tina is sitting at like the the table looking in the mirror. So she's only she's seeing the the reporter behind her cuz right. she's looking in the mirror doing her makeup. Ike is sitting next to her. He's looking towards the reporter. Right. So the reporter is literally talking past Ike who's looking him in the eye yes. through sunglasses but looking at him through the eye to talk to Tina in the mirror. Right. And Tina's trying to direct him right. as much as she can. Because she's visibly shaken yes. by all of the and by what's going on. And again, this is a point in the film where we haven't seen violence. Mm-hmm. But it's percolating. But it's right it's there. It's right there. Yeah, it's so well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a, the other scene is where Tina is on stage in full shimmy uh, captivating the crowd. Oh yeah, to the point where they are chanting her name. Yeah, and only her name. Yeah, and even when she turns it to Ike, because it is still the Ike Turner and it's review, Ike and Turner review, and goes to his hand so that he can get some shine. And they are still chanting Tina. And he steps back into he the shadow. He steps back into the shadow. Oh, and thus the demon is born. Right, right, and again, there's absolutely no justification for the physical abuse that she had to endure Mm -hmm. at all no but the film very subtly builds the case that this monster did not come from nowhere Mm -hmm. you know where you do see like 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 you know i mentioned phil specter and phil specter famously recruited tina turner to um to uh sing on um on um Anyway, and the way he goes about it is so dirty and so disrespectful. The way the Phil Spector goes the about it? The way Phil Spector goes about it. Uh, was it? It's real. That's real. It was real disrespectful uh, the way he did that. Was it? I mean, it's the Ike and Tina Turner Review. Everybody knows Ike is the musical leader. In River the Deep right. Mountain High. Yeah, River Deep Mountain High. And for him to try to circumvent Ike was mad disrespectful. And, you know, as we all found out, Phil Spector had his own stuff, too. He did. Like, he it was did. definitely a Bruh. move he was trying to pull. Okay, fair enough. And you get the sense, again, from the film, even if you don't know anything about Ike Turner's history, you get the sense that this is an ongoing theme in their career. Well, certainly something that has played before in Ike's Turner. Ike's career before Tina. Right, but even with when he when Tina joins the review. Okay. I think this happens again and again. And and you know, I'm just going to keep saying it. 
I was surprised that this was an element in this film. Okay. And, and to the degree that it was. To the degree that it was. We touched on her before, let's, but let's throw some, some shine, some true shine, to uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, who, you know, uh, again, does yeoman work, in, if, only, if only for just that one scene, you know, the famous, you know, cake scene. But it's just a, really just a steady force in this movie. Yeah. Just a steady presence in this movie. She, she's a great actress. You talk about that scene. There's a scene where Tina goes to visit her mm-hmm. and and they sort of are joking and the two of them are imitating Ike Turner. Yeah. And it's warm and then it's funny and then it becomes sad. And it's such a well-played scene between the two of them. Yes, it was. And, you know, we kind of joked, and you and I were joking before we turned the mic on, it really is a parade of wonderful actresses. Mm-hmm. Like, only for, a, you know, Penny Johnson has a, a scene. Two, maybe two maybe scenes. Maybe two where she plays Ike's wife. Right. Before, or I, his common-law wife. Common-law wife before. Before Tina. Right. She's fantastic. Yeah. Candy Alexander yes. plays one of the Ikeettes. Yeah. She's great. She's great. And, and it's actually striking that she stays, like, she's throughout right, the film. Right, throughout the film. You know, we mentioned Chi McBride, who is just this wonderful, steady force mm-hmm. when he's in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't, like, I loved Jennifer Lewis yes. in this movie. Like, I absolutely loved her character. And I loved Jennifer Lewis the way she played her. And, you know, as we mentioned, Jennifer Lewis actually went out for this role. Yeah. And ended up, you know, being cast as her mother, which, you know, she says now she's the mother of black Hollywood. And this is one of several films where she plays the mother of someone that she's not that much older than. Yeah. And, like, and, and you know what? She's two years old in Angela Bassett, and I never, I, I never knew that yeah. before having you know to now on on the mission. You learn yeah. these things, and uh, I've always had respect for Jennifer Lewis. I've always loved Angela Bassett in this in this role, and yeah. I thought she did yeoman work and was deserving of it. But once you hear that, it's hard. It was hard. It 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 stayed with me because Jennifer Lewis also more resembles Tina Turner sure than Angela Bassett and knowing the chops that Jennifer has as an actress as well as a singer it's hard for me to like now I'm like wow what would Jennifer Lewis have done in this role what would Jennifer Lewis have done with this role you know I mean I kind of want to, you know, I want to see there's it. There's a wonderful parallel universe where it happened. We we talked one of our early episodes about that great made-for-TV movie, Jackie's Back, mm-hmm. where Jennifer Lewis plays a singer, and and I think yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, man. But but I loved I love this 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 sort of morally relative mother that she plays there you go that's it morally relative you know and i you know and i love you know i love sexualized mothers like i loved how sexy she was 
I'm the only one sitting in this house. That I'm the only one sitting in this house. And like you said, when that the scene between she and Ike. Mm, oh yes. And, and yeah. And, and Ike is talking to her and giving her the money for the flowers that her his band members walked on. That mm. come to find out they didn't walk on. And it's a seduction. Yep. It's a seduction, and it's it's she great. let the snake in her house. Yeah, but. She she also let the snake in her house mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm the only one in this house sinning. Yes, sir. So I got a little a, a small little nit to pick about this movie, and that is in regards to the sister Aileen, played by Phyllis Stickney. Yes, love me some Phyllis Stickney. Yes, um, but along the way of the film. From the first beginning of the film and well into a little bit into the to the after the halfway point, mm-hmm. subtly in the background, there are allusions to a relationship between her and Frost. Right. You see them together a right, lot, more real and more. subtly. Yeah. So much so that there's one scene where they're at um, the house and I believe either Frost is laying on her lap or she's laying on his lap. Right. You know, so there's allusions to a relationship there. Now, you know that that's not real because, well, you know it's not real if you learn about this movie that Frost is a made up character. Right. But maybe her sister had some kind of relationship with somebody in the, in the band. We don't know. But that's never touched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, especially after the cake scene. Right. And I kind of missed that because I, it made sense to me that Tina would bring her sister around to kind of like celebrate, you know, join her in her success a little bit. Right. So her sister uh, um, would, would be there often. And if, by way of that, she starts a relationship with someone there that kind of made sense to me. But then for her to kind of like leave the scene was it, it stood out mm-hmm. and and I don't think it was meant to stand out. Like I said, it was, they're very there. What is alluded there is very much in the background. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's going on in the back. Yeah. But it stood out to me. And maybe it stood out because if I'm allowed to be a man for just a moment, you know, <laughs> Phyllis Stickney. More Phyllis Stickney. I, it's always good. Man, look. Look. Again, I'm in man moment, so don't hate me right now, missionaries. But Phyllis Stickney should... Only be allowed to wear backless dresses because there's a moment where she is tending bar and she turns her back. That beautiful dark skin sculpture of a back. Oh, my Lord. And then she starts dancing and she has the nerve to put her tongue outside of her mouth. I will just say this about Phyllis Stickney. If you've listened to the Michelle Mission low these many years, I'm well documented, a fan of Phyllis Stickney. 
part of the reasons that I am a fan. I was, jo- you know, I joke about Anika Noni Rose, but I am drawn to these performers who have many talents. Yes, Phyllis Stickney, besides being an actress, was also a stand-up comedian. I did not know she was a stand-up she was comedian. A stand-up comedian, and her famous bit. If Phyllis Stickney has a famous bit, she used to have a bit called "The Power of the Booty." Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And I will just say that about Phyllis Stickney and Phyllis Stickney's physicality and Phyllis Stickney. But yes, Phyllis Stickney is. She, I, yes. All right. Uh, all right. All right. Moving along again and everything I said was just documenting her talent and saying what her bit was like. That was the name of the bit. Yes. So and just leave it there. Yes. So what I'm saying, that's what Phyllis Stickney said. <laughs> I'm quoting Phyllis Stickney. Okay. So like if you, I wrote it, it said, the power of the booty quotes, and then the in-text citation would say Stickney. Yes. And then you would go to my bibliography and go down, it would say Stickney, comma, Phyllis. Yes. Yes. And then where the performance came, I think she may have been on, I think she was on Deaf Comedy Jam. Wow. And she did that. Yeah. But she was, you know, that was her thing. You would see now her. I have to look this up. Because I was, I've always been a fan of Phyllis Stickney. So she would be on stand-up things. And I'd, so, I, so I watched her do this bit. <laughs> She'd be on stand-up things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you remember like during the 90s? I know. Like it was like Comic View and Deaf Comedy Jam and... <laughs> Blackity black comics late at night and, <laughs> yes, and yes. Phil didn't fear Phyllis Stickney and she would come out and oftentimes she would have on Afrocentric clothing and mm. and then she would talk about the power of the booty. And okay. then she would go and talk. So I'm just quoting. That's all you're doing. I'm just quoting. You're quoting. This isn't me. Okay. I'm being a man. All right. I'm being this man. Well, I'm quoting. And Phil Stickney. Yes. Yes, we, 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 now I have to get her on the Michelle mission. That would, that would be quite an episode. We may have to make a a road trip to make it happen, Vince. Are you up to a road trip to record with Phyllis Stickney? I would love to have Ms. Stickney on the Michelle mission because I've been a big fan for decades. All right. All right. I have to make this happen. Okay. So. Would you recommend people see what's love got to do? You know what? I would recommend people see it, and I'm putting the emphasis on see it. Because I do wonder how many people in 2019 have actually watched this film. Especially uncut. And if they have watched it, when is the last time they watched it? Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like this is a film... That you don't hear people talking about repeated viewings. No. You know, like I've seen, I mean, you know, like I said, we, we talked about, you know, the memes and, you know, Ethan. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And- the movies now, especially the classic movies, right. can, are now dis, uh, distilled down into right. memes. And I realized, like, we were talking about Black Dynamite a few months ago. Like, that whole Michael Jackson, you know, you're sorry, you the sorriest MF. Like, that comes from this. Yeah. And I'd like, oh, that's what that came from. So, you know, like you said, it's sort of fodder for jokes and this, that, and the other. 
But this is a really good film. It is, man. How powerful is that scene when she has to cross the the, the expressway to escape Ike? And then go into that uh, hotel, the yeah, Ramada oh yeah. Inn. Yeah, oh yeah. Very powerful. And and talking about being loose with the facts, that apparently happened. Right. Like, like that's actually accurate. Mm-hmm. So, but but yeah, I would absolutely recommend this film. Yeah, I would I would recommend it as well. I think I think actually there is a an opportunity. Hmm. For this film to be shown once again in a theater. Oh. And I think you could, especially especially in, you know, the climate of today, I think you could have a very interesting conversation about this movie. And not and not even the conversation could could go a great many places it could go towards just the you know the whole violence of their relationship yeah the i can tina turner relationship it can go towards you know the conversation of um you know why is he the man that he is why was she the woman that she was right during during that or and the conversation could also go to you know the depiction of this violence against women mm-hmm. and what that maybe you know has begets in in the years to come since this movie was was put out you know not for nothing you watch films of the 30s and of 40s and, and 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 into the 70s where it was you know it was expected for a man to slap a woman and her you know accept it yes you know what i mean yes you know it, it's what you did it's part of the passion of the relationship exactly yeah you know you know you smack them and then you you take them to bed yeah you know um so you know th- there's a there's a whole lot to be pulled from this film you know to throw this back up on the screen and let younger young people a whole new generation experience this the way that we did right in the theater um yeah i think this is i th- and i also think that this is one of those films that belongs in the vault i think this is like essential black cinema for um people to own and claim all right yeah all right all right, so what's love got to do with it? And hey, free plug, Vince hates when I do this, but if you got Showtime, hey. it's on Showtime right now. Is Showtime paying us to plug on? Well, I I think this is a film that people should see. Right. On, because otherwise, people are going to turn on their cable or whatever, and it's going to be on all cut up on BET or TV1, and they're going to sit down and watch it. Right. And right. I think that this is a film that you should watch uh unedited unfiltered and right now you have an opportunity to do that on showtime so i'm I'm just putting it out there all right i think it's worthy of that all right 
All right. Uh, okay. Before we tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to be um, doing next week here on the Michelle Mission, we want to invite you to like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as in Facebook at Michelle Mission. Email us all of your thoughts and concerns to Mission at gmail.com. You can go to michellemission.com to find all of our shows. They're available there, as well as on the Podglomerate Podcast Network of curated podcasts just for you. This show is available as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. in an edited form. It's available on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. People Power Media, Philly Cam here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And you can wake up with Michelle every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. And if you want to help help us, hey, on the podcatcher of your choice, especially if it's iTunes, leave us a ranking and a rating because that helps people find our little show that we bring for all of you. Okie dokie. Thank you very much. Next week on the Michelle Mission, we have a very special guest, noted reporter here in Philadelphia, Denise James, sat down with Vince, sat down with me, and we reviewed... The Color Purple. We did. Yes. We are closing out Women History Month in style, ladies and gentlemen, as we present Whoopi Goldberg in the role that should have won her an Oscar. Yes. Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple, Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover, Adolf Caesar, um, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, it's an incredible film, and we're going to go in on it. And you will not believe what Denise James says is the weak link of this movie. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it either. You won't believe it. Trust me. When you hear it next week here on the Michelle Mission. And then in April, ladies and gentlemen, April, it'll be uh, on Black Tribbles. We celebrate Octavia City. We celebrate Afrofuturism and in lockstep with, you know, our brethren on the Black Tribbles. The Michelle Mission will be bringing you a month of black sci-fi movies that we will be reviewing. Yes, sir. I'm I'm sure Vince has some very interesting picks. Um, I I can't wait to see what he pulls out of his hat and calls it black sci-fi this year. (laughs) Um, But I have actual black sci-fi for you. Oh, I got some black sci-fi for you. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> bet you, yeah, yes. Something tells me we'll be watching The Dark Crystal, but I could be wrong. <laughs> All right, until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. When I was a little girl, I had a break
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.